welcome to pause and pray. A chance just to take a break from whatever's going on during the day, during the week, to stop what we're doing, to look at scripture and to pray. And at the moment we're going through Mark's gospel. And today we're looking at Mark chapter one, verses nine through to 11. So you might want to grab a Bible, uh, maybe grab a coffee, uh, and just sit down as we look at this passage together. But as we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for Mark's gospel and what it tells us about Jesus uh, and about uh, your plan for the world. And we pray that you'd come and speak to our hearts and our minds today as we look at these verses together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm reading from uh, Mark 1, verses 9 through to 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descend like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Well, today, uh, Wednesday the 20th of January, is the day when the new President of America is inaugurated. Of course, America has this system in its constitution where despite uh, whoever wins the election, they don't actually get to become president until midday on the 20th. That is it's a, uh, their official inauguration. And these verses in Mark's Gospel uh, operate as a, a kind of inauguration, the beginning of Jesus's official public ministry. And in fact, all four Gospels start Jesus's ministry with his baptism. And so... This baptism serves as, a, as the beginning of Jesus' public life, inaugurating his ministry. But really, as we look at this and we look at what happened, probably one of the first questions we might ask is, well, why was Jesus baptised in the first place? If we saw what was happening before, people were coming to John to be baptised, confessing their sins, uh, and John was uh, preaching a baptism of repentance. But of course, uh, if Jesus was uh, as we say he is, then he didn't have any sin to repent of. He didn't need to come and confess his sins uh, and have a baptism of repentance. So why was he baptised? Well, I think there are a number of things we can pick up from these verses about why his baptism is so important. And firstly, Jesus was baptised because he was identifying with us. I, at that point, he was identifying with the people of Israel. It was a sign that Jesus came in the likeness of flesh. Uh, and of course, Christians very quickly um, put on that verse in Isaiah, put on great significance of that verse in Isaiah, which talks about the Emmanuel, God being with us. Of course, Christmas uh, is the time where we particularly remember Jesus coming to the world, God coming to the world, uh, being with us in the world. And Jesus was born uh, in the likeness of sinful flesh, as Paul says in Romans. In fact, Paul seems to nail it with his verse in Romans 8, where he says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. 
by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and to deal with flesh he condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus, first of all, was baptised in order to identify with the people of Israel, to identify with them as their Messiah, but also to identify with them and that in a way indicates the role that Jesus plays. Now when Jesus was baptised, something remarkable happened. As Mark says, the, uh, the heavens were torn apart and the Spirit descended like a dove on him. And this heaven tearing apart of the heavens is quite a, a, a kind of a violent imagery. It seems to fulfil the verses in Isaiah, which talk about uh, Isaiah 64, which says, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. But then the Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. Uh, we're not sure if the Spirit mimicked the descent of a dove uh, in the sense that it alighted on Jesus, or perhaps the dove uh, alighted on Jesus as what, and was symbolic of the Spirit coming down upon him. We're not quite sure exactly what is meant by this. But either way, the Spirit descending on Jesus seems to immediately fulfill what John said about him. If you remember in the previous verses, John says, I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit coming on Jesus immediately fulfills what John is saying about Jesus. The Spirit, of course, in Old Testament times came upon a number of different people at different times for uh, a special anointing. Even people like uh, Samson or David or other heroes in the Old Testament, we read about the Spirit coming down upon those people. And the Spirit coming down upon Jesus is a sign of God's anointing that he is the Messiah, that he is the Anointed One. And the fact that the Spirit comes down on Jesus as a dove, well, it could mean a number of different things. Uh, commentaries debate lots of different suggestions. Uh, one idea is that Mark is uh, making us remember Genesis chapter 1, at the creation account where the Spirit is hovering over the waters at the beginning of creation. And of course, Mark 1 has echoes of Genesis. Uh, this is the time of a new creation and the Spirit is coming down upon Jesus just as the Spirit did at the beginning of time. Other uh, suggestions are that you know, the dove symbolises uh, the new covenant. If you remember the story of Noah, when the floods receded, Noah sent out a dove and when the dove came back with an olive branch, Noah knew that the, fl uh, the, the waters had receded. And then of course after that God made his new covenant with Noah. Maybe the dove symbolises this new covenant that God is going to make with his people. Also, the Spirit is, of course, a sign of peace and gentleness. And that, again, symbolises what Jesus' ministry was, what Jesus came to bring. Ultimately, he came to bring peace between God and his people. And the important thing is that the Spirit is descending on Jesus and anointing him. And this is then accompanied by this voice from heaven, which declares, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Jesus' baptism is the moment when his identity is declared. And while our understanding of, of this word son, of course, is 
taken much greater theological significance at the time. People saw uh, the Messiah as being son of God. And so this declaration of Jesus as God's son is a declaration that he is the Messiah. And of course, in uh, those days, the Jewish people, they put their hopes on the Messiah was the one who was going to come and redeem them, who was going to establish God's kingdom. And so here, uh, this declaration of Jesus as God's son is uh, a declaration that Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus is inaugurating his new kingdom at that moment. And of course, while we reflect on these uh, verses that describe Jesus' baptism, uh, we're also reminded that the baptism is a practice adopted and taken on great significance in the Christian faith. And like Jesus' baptism, for Christians, our own baptism marks the beginning of a journey of faith. And it marks the confirmation of our identity. And just as Jesus was baptised in order to identify with us, so too we are baptised as Christians in order to identify with Jesus. It means that what is true for Jesus is also true for us. That's why Jesus' baptism was so important, to identify with the people of Israel, so that Jesus would go on to play that representative role, that what is true for him, is true for us. In our baptism, we are confirmed, our identity is confirmed, and our baptism in the Spirit uh, descends upon us, even if we might not be aware of it. And at our baptism, those words by God declared to Jesus are also declared to us. Maybe we need to hear those words afresh. Those words that were said to Jesus, you are my son, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. Those words are said to us too. At our baptism, God declares to us, you are my child, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. We are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe we need to hear these words afresh. It's quite common to renew baptismal vows, making our vows uh, before God and reaffirming our baptismal vows, our commitment to him and our faith. Perhaps also it's important to, as well as renewing our own baptism vows, is to renew the sense of hearing these words from God, that we are God's children. You are God's child. You are God's beloved and God is well pleased with you. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't necessarily feel God could be well pleased with me. I look at, you know, my life, my thoughts, my actions, I think, how is God possibly pleased with me? But God isn't pleased with us like a teacher is pleased with someone who, you know, attains a certain mark or uh, makes the grade. God is pleased with us because he is our heavenly father and we are his beloved children. as we reflect on Jesus' baptism. Let's remember that what is true for him is true for us through our own faith in him and through our own baptism.
Let's pray. And today for our prayer, I'm going to pray the collect uh, for the second Sunday of Epiphany, which is uh, the Sunday in the church calendar where we remember the baptism of Jesus. Heavenly Father, at the Jordan, you revealed Jesus as your son. May we recognise him as our Lord and know ourselves to be your beloved children through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Amen.